going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pals, Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check on a very busy weekend. Lots of newsworthy stuff to talk about. Lots of, I don't know, controversial stuff to talk about, but we're not going to talk about that. We're going to keep it nice. We're going to keep it light. We're going to keep it positive. We're going to talk about the A-Show uh, payback happened this weekend. Uh, I haven't gotten around to recording until just now. We're talking late Sunday night. I've got Monday off, uh, so happy Monday off to all the rest of my fellow Canadians that have Monday off. Hope you guys are having a good time. Hope you guys are kicking back listening to what I have to say about Payback. It's really good. And what did I say about Payback? I said it was exactly what we needed. Lots of drama, lots of sadness, lots of downward things that we all needed distractions from. Give me a house show on TV. Give me, hey, Spaz, tune in and watch some wrestling if you want. We got a show for you. That's basically what we got, match-wise, with one exception. And uh, the other thing I said in the preview was, you know, it's a house show. It's pretty predictable. It's randomly, hey, here's some wrestling. Unless they throw you some curveballs, and unless Seth Rollins drops the world title in the main. Seth Rollins didn't drop his world title in the main, which we're going to talk about shortly. But they did give us some extras. So what I'm going to do, I'm not going to. So, we're going to go through the matches, but I'm not going to so much focus on the matches, but what I took away from the matches, storylines, and stuff to look forward to in the future, because I think that's what Payback gave us. So. It's not quite a review in the traditional sense, but it is sort of a mini WWE last week, because this is obviously the culmination of the week, and hopefully, because there's some other stuff on this channel that we won't be talking about anymore, hopefully there'll be more time to me get on a more regular schedule uh, with uh, getting back to WWE last week, which I haven't done in a couple weeks, to be fair. Uh, sorry about that, we'll be getting back to regularly scheduled programming shortly. Payback. Nothing on the kickoff. Keep it nice and lean. Only six matches. Keep it nice and lean. Started it off with a bang. Becky and Trish in the steel cage. Now, we all knew. Uh, people online knew. The fans in the audience knew. Even the wrestlers knew, because they even said it. That The story went a bit long. They dragged it out. It could have been done at least a month or so ago, but it happened here. It happened in the steel cage, and these ladies made up for the dragged out story with this match. This match was fucking phenomenal. This match was great. This is the first uh, steel cage match that Trish Stratus has ever been in. Uh, I mean, that's at least the story that they were going with. I'm not going to go check cage match and double check and make sure it's 100% correct. That's the story we're telling, and that's the story that we're, we're going with. Trish Stratus put some pictures up on Instagram. She's all bruised as shit. Becky Lynch obviously got the win. That was that was never really in question. This is like the final final of the final final of the final final of this feud. So you know the good guy has to come out in the end. It's really, really cool to see both of them, as soon as the match was over, have completely broken character, broken the story. There's been really cool shows of respect from both of them. Um, when they cut to commercial on the pay-per-view, Trish Stratus got the ovation from the in-house crowd that she deserved. Really, really good crowd in Pittsburgh as well. Um, so we set the we you know we finished the story we set the story aside you know you know good job Trish good job Becky all that kind of thing Trish showing respect to Becky online Becky showing respect to Trish online which is all very cool but as far as the story goes Zoe Stark did get involved Zoe Stark did get in the cage at one point now 
they suffered the 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 curse of comparison because there was ironic as it is to say on NXT they had a really cool uh, men's tag team cage match between the Creeds and the Dyad at, where they did this really cool thing where they ripped the door off the cage if you guys didn't watch NXT and it became the it be, the door in the cage became more of a weapon than the cage itself in the match plus big gigantic dudes slapping each other around is a lot different than these two athletic ladies doing what they did now they compensated for that with doing a whole lot of athletic shit but um just seeing the cage match like six days earlier and seeing what these guys did it was going to suffer the curse of comparison and that's really really unfair to them they did some cool stuff on the top they did some cool stuff in the ring they did some cool homages to the very first ever women's cage match uh, more than one uh, including the superplex from the top uh, Trish Stratus at one point hitting uh, Victoria's Widow's Peak. Victoria, if you haven't seen the video, go check out Victoria's uh, social media. She's put out a, uh, I think it's about a minute long, but uh, just saying how she felt about that. Becky Lynch not only paying, t paying tribute to Lita's career by hitting the twist of fate, but also the fact that in storyline they've been allies as well. Um, just really cool. Uh, Zoe Stark getting involved, like I say, didn't use the door like the Creed's did, but she she tried to interfere, tried to help Trish, but her help failed, and even after the match, she's trying to console Trish, and Trish pushes her away, pushes her away, pushes her away, Trish slaps her, Zoe hits Trish Stratus with the Z360, which is fucking fantastic. So what do we have here? We have a win and a, a, and a motivating path forward for Becky Lynch. We have potentially the exit of Trish Stratus, which is fine. She's done a lot uh, for Zoe Stark, for Becky Lynch, for this feud entirely. I don't know whatever happened to Lita. Was she supposed to be part of this story more and she had to leave or did she get injured? I have no idea. I think having Lita come back for the end, it would have been cool because you would have evened the odds. I was hoping at some point that they were going to do Trish and Zoe versus Becky and Lita. That never happened. But if uh, Zoe Stark getting involved had been interrupted by uh, the return of Lita just to get her out of there, that would have been a nice, cool callback to tie the whole thing up. That didn't happen. But Zoe Stark has now broken herself away from Trish Stratus, which she needed to if Trish Stratus isn't going to be there anymore. Now, does this necessarily mean she's turned face? I hope so, because Zoe Stark's a badass, and I hope people are going to see that now. Um, if you want to have one more match between Becky and Zoe, and then have a show of respect between the two of them after the fact, just to sort of solidify that, that would be cool. The match that they had last week on Raw was great, but and all anybody remembers from that, unfortunately, is Becky Lynch sort of breaking down at the end because of the passing of Bray Wyatt. And I don't say that that is unfortunate. Human beings should have human emotion, but people have been terrible about that. That last sort of 10 seconds of footage before Raw cut off last week, some people online have been absolutely monstrous to Becky Lynch about that, and you are terrible, terrible people. Zoe Stark has some momentum. She slapped the big bad heel and then hit her with the Z360. The Z360 is an awesome move as well. Becky Lynch has just beaten a Hall of Famer. She's already being mentioned as a first ballot Hall of Famer herself, so that's just sort of a solidification there. They both have momentum going forward, and like I say, if Trish Stratus uh, is exiting, this was a cool way for her to exit. She beat the shit out of herself for the benefit of Becky Lynch, and that's really cool. 
later on in the night, uh, this won't matter to people who don't watch NXT, but she was confronted by Tiffany Stratton. Tiffany Stratton, the NXT Women's Champion, who went on a diatribe a couple weeks ago saying that she was better than all the other NXT Women's Champions, which is Charlotte, Becky, Sasha. Uh, she didn't mention Sasha, obviously, because who wants to talk about Sasha? She talked about Asuka, Bailey, all of them. And then people very quickly on social media were quick to point out that Becky was never the NXT Women's Champion. So she came to apologize to Becky for calling her a champion when she wasn't, which is fine. We're going to get Becky Lynch dipping down into NXT, probably at no mercy, to face Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Championship. Now, here's the deal. Normally, and I said this about, about Alexa Bliss ages ago, Normally, I would have a, a problem with somebody coming down from the main roster and p carrying uh, an NXT championship for any length of time. Ziggler did it in a little temporary shtick there that was that was okay. Um, but here's the thing. NXT call-ups are always a weird thing to, to be handled. And NXT call-ups being called up to the main roster should be the coolest thing ever. But up until recently, it's meant that... Once you've gone up to the main roster, if you've never been an NXT champion, you're never going to be an NXT champion. Um, so Becky Lynch getting called up to the main roster and having all the success that she's had meant she's never been the uh, the NXT Women's Champion. So just as a fan of hers, yes, I know it sort of takes it out of the hands of the people that are currently doing the NXT Women's division. But if you're going to have Becky down there for a couple of months as the NXT Women's Champion and elevating everybody around her, kind of like Rhea Ripley's done for people like Lyra Valkyria, that won't be the worst thing in the world. Tiffany Stratton is an awesome character. She plays the ditzy Barbie doll chick so well that people overlook how fucking good she is in the ring and how athletic she is in the ring. Becky's going to help her show that. And if we get that at No Mercy, I'm pretty sure it'll be the main event. So Tiffany Stratton's going to main event a pay-per-view on the back of Becky Lynch, who just got a win off the Hall of Fame back of Trish Stratus. This all works. This all works wonderfully. That was 10 minutes. That was me just talking about the first match. L.A. Knight versus The Miz. L.A. Knight defeated The Miz. That's that's the short end of the story. The long end of the story is John Cena hosting Payback. John Cena hosting Payback decided that he needed to referee a match. And he came down to talk to The Miz about how he was going to special referee the match. And just go watch the segment if you haven't seen it. I said it before and I'll say it again, neither one of them are the best bell-to-bell -bell wrestlers in the world, John Cena and The Miz I'm talking about, but as a pairing, as a pairing working together and making it fun for everybody, I think John Cena and The Miz are one of the most underrated pairings that we've had. Um, Obviously, John Cena's had better rivalries. He's had rivalries with Edge. He's had rivalries with Randy Orton, with Triple H. Um, you know, going on down the line, JBL, etc. But as far as just put the two of them on the mic and let them be dicks to each other, because John Cena was being a dick too. It's just the fact that nobody likes The Miz that makes John Cena babyface by default. Watch these guys and their interactions. Um... Lots of fun, lots of fun. Um, you know, oh, if I don't know how to be a host, why don't, Miz, you've been a host a lot. Why don't you show me how to be a host? And he tells him how to dress, and he takes the zinger for still wearing jorts when he's over 40 and blah, blah, blah. He gets himself a referee shirt from somebody sit standing ringside, obviously, like a like a stagehand or something like that. He says, yeah, it's, it's the perks of being the host. And I am going to be the referee. And uh, L.A. Knight comes down. L.A. Knight and John Cena have a couple of weird stare-downs throughout this match. Now, 
a guest referee thing is a guest referee thing. John Cena is a big personality, so the whole you know we sh we shouldn't focus on the referee. We should be focusing on the match in the ring. As I say, the Miz ain't the best bell to bell guy. He doesn't need to be. L.A. Knight is kind of the same. All their matches are like character stuff. Uh, like I say, L.A. Knight got the win, but not before a quick miscommunication between him and John Cena, um, where he tries to go for the go for some kind of shot, maybe like a forearm or a right hand or something like that, and almost hits John Cena, which leads to a skull-crushing finale, which leads to a near fall, and then he's yelling at John Cena because John Cena almost cost him a win. Later on down the line, uh, Miz tried to cheat at one point, and uh, John Cena is yelling at him like a disappointed dad. No, you're going to do it the right way. That's not how we do things around here. You're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it nice and clean here. Um, to the point where um, it does ramble on and his interactions with both of them are hilarious. But obviously LA Knight's the one with the rocket strapped to his back. The people that are out there right now saying, oh, they're not doing anything with LA Knight. They should be strapping a rocket to him. He's in the ring with two guys that were a WrestleMania main event for the WWE Championship. Oh, yes. He's doing okay. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but, yeah. He um, he counts the 1-2-3 for LA Knight. He goes out to check. I don't know what this was. I don't know if something actually happened to The Miz or not, but he goes out after the match to check on The Miz. The Miz is, is outside the ring, and they don't really ever explain why. He goes up the ramp to raise L.A. Knight's hand, but L.A. Knight's still yelling at him about how he almost cost him the match, and they have a bit of a stare-down. They have a bit of a, a stare-down, and he, L.A. Knight storms to the back, and John Cena said something to him as he's storming away, like, you know, this is your time, go do something with it, or some, something to that effect. Um, as much as I just said The Miz and John Cena are an underrated pairing, I don't need another John Cena versus The Miz feud. We're going to get John Cena around for a while because of all the... And I don't know all the ins and outs of it, so I'm not going to talk about it, but the, uh, what is it, the SAG-AFTRA... Um, the writer-slash-actor strike that's going on in Hollywood. I don't know enough about that to to properly comment on it, so I'm not going to. I'll just, I'll come out straightforward to you about that right now. But I will say, if that means that Hollywood's ground to a halt and John Cena has nothing to do, and we have him here for, like, two months, he was here for this pay-per-view, and apparently he's going to be a fast lane as well. Um, John Cena, L.A. Knight? Um, John Cena, L.A. Knight, where L.A. Knight can still be the face, but John Cena's, like, trying to boost him, but L.A. Knight doesn't want it, so they're both good guys, but they're both at each other's throats at the same time. That could be a lot of fun. Some promo battles between L.A. Knight and John Cena could be cool, because John Cena's always going to come in and do that condescending, oh, yeah, okay, here, this is where you cut a promo, blah, 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 blah. Is he going to do... He's going to call him out like The Rock when he had the promo written on the wrist. I don't know. Could be fun. I'm really interested to see what LA Knight and John Cena could do. If the timing was a bit different, and we could stretch that out to a larger show where it's a bigger exhibition, a bigger stage, and you get John Cena versus LA Knight at, say, Survivor Series, I would love that as well. But I don't know if we have John Cena for that long. Now, I will say... Totally unrelated to anything. I'm just mentioning it for the sake of mentioning it. Survivor Series is in Chicago. What could possibly go wrong? Um, don't have much to say about the next one. Rey Mysterio beat Austin Theory. I thought something would have happened here. 
Um, everybody's saying that Legato is going to split up or Santos is going to turn heel and, and bicker with Ray or try to help him and cost him the title. Uh, none, neither of those happened. Uh, they kind of formed a cool team with Austin Theory and Grayson Waller on on SmackDown this past Friday, and I really hope they pursue that some more. Uh, I would have called for Grayson Waller to try and help out Theory in this match, but Grayson Waller had stuff to do later on in the night that we're going to talk about shortly. The other thing, the other thing that I was hoping, I was hoping that they were going to touch up on is the Dominic Mysterio thing. Now, I know... I know that they've done the Ray and Dom thing to death, and one of the benefits of having Ray on SmackDown and Judgment Day on Raw is that they didn't run that story completely into the ground. But there has been an undertow uh, since Ray won the United States Championship uh, of Dominic saying, oh, that's just my deadbeat dad following in my footsteps, but he's only the champion of America. I'm the champion of North America, which is, you know... United States, Mexico, and oh, I just found out that includes Canada, which which is good, which is what Dom should do. I would have thought it would have been really kind of funny, kind of predictable, kind of not surprising at all, but still kind of funny if, if Dominic had cost his dad the belt and then been like, oh, look, now I'm the only one with a belt, but we've got enough of that later on, and by later on, I mean right now. Ray, Ray in theory, was an absolutely fine match that could have been on an episode of Raw or SmackDown. Um, people online <laughs> talking about how LA Knight and The Miz are on different brands. Just please, please touch grass. Please, please touch grass. Um, not so much Becky Lynch and Trish, but LA, LA Knight versus The Miz, if John Cena hadn't been involved, uh, as well as Rey Mysterio versus Theory, these are matches that could have happened on weekly television. When I say that this pay-per-view was kind of a house show, that's kind of what I mean by this. But the Steel City Street Fight for the WWE, what is it now? The WWE Undisputed Tag Team Championships between the Judgment Day, represented by Finn Balor and Damian Priest, uh, Sammy and KO. It was a lot of fun, a lot of brawling stuff. They did a lot of hockey stuff. Um, Kevin Owens at one point had a Terry Funk shirt on. I thought that was really nice. Uh, they went out into the into the crowd at one point in out of the penalty box. They came out with hockey sticks and Pittsburgh jerseys and all all that kind of stuff. Um, one thing I will say is in a match like this with no rules, especially when it's a team dynamic, a one-on-one -on -one hardcore match is is something else. But a tag team where it's already multiple people on both sides, if you're going into something that's no disqualification and you're part of a faction, why wouldn't you just bring your faction down with you? But anyways, Dominic gets involved at one point. It becomes a three-on. He becomes a punching bag, but he... he um, he doesn't quite make it three on two, but he sort of makes it two and a half on two, if that makes sense. Uh, J.D. McDonough came down to help again, uh, <coughs> much to the chagrin of Damian Priest. The best interference I saw all night, and the way they shot it, the way they filmed it, the way they framed it was absolutely perfect because I didn't see it until it was happening, was Rhea Ripley coming down and absolutely bulldozing Kevin Owens through the guardrail, or as Simon Miller would say, through Barry Barricade. But I don't know if he's doing the barricade counter anymore. Go watch What Culture for that. Um, it was Rhea Ripley's a beast, and they should let they should let her fight dudes like properly. It would be good. It would it would just be good. Um, as I say, the Terry Funk shirt thing because they're in Pittsburgh, they pulled out a bucket 
from underneath the ring, and it had the uh, Pittsburgh terrible towels in it. I don't know if any any of you guys have ever seen the terrible towel thing before. I, I really do think an, any company that goes to Pittsburgh should do that. I don't know why they don't. Uh, Kevin Owens was busted open in the match, and doesn't happen a lot in WWE, which makes it hella more effective. But also, I was kind of impressed with the way that they didn't try to film around it like they usually do. They just sort of let it let it go and let it be its own thing. Eventually, eventually, this five-on-two match ended with the Judgment Day winning the Tag Team Championships. And that's the big story here. The big story here... And I did say it. I did say if they win the tag titles, uh, Priest is going to look funny carrying two belts and a briefcase. But um, Judgment Day are your new tag team champions. And Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn looked like they were put through the ringer by the end. So it's all good. Kevin Owens noticeably sort of wandering away, cleaning himself up and coming back was a little distracting once you noticed it, but that doesn't take away from the match at all. That You could put that right into the story. It's like, I'm bleeding in my eyes. I'd like to be able to see. Not so much, you know, I work for a PG company and I'm trying to minimize the mess on screen. But um, Judgment Day, I'm with the Judgment Day. KO and Sammy have had a great run. They've been the champions since WrestleMania. You know, the good part of WrestleMania, you know, Roman retained, the Usos didn't, which is why Roman was able to hold it, his win over the Usos, which caused the split of the Usos, which we're going to talk about in a second. But, you know, the, all the good things that happened at WrestleMania, KO and Sammy was was one of the best things. I mean, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley, which should have main evented night one. Uh, I'm not going to let go of that. I'm going to be like a dog on a bone with that. You guys know that. But KO and Sammy versus the Usos was a main event worthy match, and they've held the titles since then. They've gotten incredibly over as tag team champions. They've gotten incredibly over as a tag team as much as they were over individually already. They had a good run. Judgment Day now, standing tall. You're going to see it. It's going to be the thumbnail of this video. All of them standing up there with all their gold, with with Rhea Ripley, with one of the most beautiful belts in WWE right now. These guys with the tag team titles. Dominic Mysterio with his little NXT consolation prize on the other side. Uh, Damian Priest with his briefcase. I need them to do it. I've been saying this as a joke. I've been, I've been hearing other people say it as a joke. If you're going to unify those tag team championships, if you're going to make them into one belt, this is where you do it. Because red and blue makes purple. I don't care how corny that sounds. It makes sense. I mean, other teams in other companies this week have revealed far worse looking belts than those two, uh, you know, two warriors on a plate that actually make sense being on a purple strap. Go ahead and do it. Judgment Day has all the gold. They are the new Undisputed Era. It's good. It's very, very good. Um, and it was a team effort. And we're going to use this to stave off the split of the Judgment Day for now. And when they were interviewed backstage by John Cena, who was crouching down to look like a, a little interviewer guy, and interviewed them afterwards about the uh, the problems that they had had, you know, and Damian Priest even reiterated, hey, yeah I, yeah, I fought with Finn. We're brothers. Brothers fight. But at the end of the day, we're still family. And look what we can do. So we've staved off the splitting of the Judgment Day. And if anything, they might be adopting a little brother in the form of J.D. McDonough. Now, what I would do, whenever you have Damian Priest cash in, which is going to be shortly, I'm assuming, you have them freebird the belts around so that the tag team titles are held by Finn and JD and let Damian Priest 
go do world title Damien Priest things. And then you maintain the idea that this new five-member Judgment Day still have all the belts. The only thing I will say, the only thing I will say is uh, with my comparison to the, to the Undisputed Era a second ago, the Undisputed Era never had a women's member. They had... I think for one match, they had, like, Tay Conte on their team because they were facing Sanity, and Sanity had Nikki Cross on their team. But that was before they added Roderick Strong, so that still doesn't make any sense. The Undisputed Era had the Golden Prophecy where they were the NXT champion, the North American champion, and the NXT tag team champions. Now, if... The Judgment Day, and you guys know how much, you guys that have been listening to me for a long time know that for a long-ass time, the Undisputed Era was my template for what a faction should be. Then that went to the Bloodline, for obvious reasons, and the Bloodline only ever really had the world title and the tag titles. If you have Judgment Day with the world title, the Undisputed Tag Titles, the, uh women's championship and the North American championship, they become the new standard bearers. They really do. They really, really do. Don't wave red flags. Wave purple flags. Oh, yes. The Grayson Waller effect with Cody Rhodes. Now, why the heck would they not have Cody Rhodes in a match? Why the heck would they do a talk show segment on payback other than because they only had six matches and they wanted to fill out the show? Um, I don't know why... Cody Rhodes was out here necessarily unless there's a second half of this that we haven't quite had announced yet Grayson Waller came out, did his typical shtick, Grayson Waller is already one of those guys that I'm going to see is going to go under underappreciated for a long time guy's good in the ring but he's even better on the mic he's kind of like The Miz kind of like Austin Theory, kind of like LA Knight, etc, etc, etc he introduces Cody Rhodes Cuts off Cody Rhodes from doing the god-awful, so what do you want to talk about thing. Cody Rhodes runs him through all the gimmicks of all the talk show things that there's ever been. Rod, rod, rod. He says, oh, are you going to say some things to wind me up, and then maybe we're going to have a match later on? Waller says, no, I'm just here to give you the Grayson Waller rub, but you're here to make a huge announcement. Now, the huge announcement is awesome, but I think it's really, really sad that they gave it to Cody Rhodes to give that he he came out and he said and it kind of sounds like some of his friends over in another company but he says I've got a lot of stroke backstage and I was I was able to move some things around and I was able to get some people to listen to me and I was able to pull a lot of strings and and make some stuff happen basically he says I hope I don't regret this but the newest member of the Monday Night Raw roster is main event Jay Uso Fucking awesome. Fucking awesome. Now, what happens? Cody Rhodes kind of leaves the ring. He looks at Jay. He says, oh, don't you make me regret this because I'm Cody Rhodes and I'm tough. Uh, he fucks off. Grayson Waller welcomes him. Sorry, he doesn't welcome him to Monday Night Raw because he's on SmackDown as well. But he says, oh, I don't have any questions uh, made up for you. But I'll just say, how do you feel to be on Monday Night Raw? You're a heck of a guy. You're a heck of a signing or whatever. But what have you done on your own other than nothing, and then he runs his mouth a little bit more, gets a super kick, and that's it. Uh, Jey Uso has new music, obviously, as you watch on, on Friday, Jimmy Uso has new music as well. Jey Uso's music is pretty much their tag team music, but the lyrics have changed to, it's just me, Uso, since day one-ish. Um, 
It's a little bit of a more janky edit than uh, Jimmy Uso having entirely new music, but it's fine. Superkick's, uh, Superkick's Raisin Waller, and then he's just doing the hand wave thing with the crowd. To see, like, whatever you want to call that thing, where he's got both hands up and he's just sort of, like, dipping and dodging with his hands. To watch a whole crowd do that all at once is kind of trippy to watch, so happy for him. He's getting a new lease on life. Now, here's the thing. Here's what I will say right away. A couple of different ways, a couple of different things we got to do to, uh, to uh, analyze this. Why did Cody Rhodes announce this? Well, Cody Rhodes announced this because they've just brought somebody to Raw, which means SmackDown's going to get somebody. That somebody is probably going to be Cody Rhodes, because we have to fast-track Cody Rhodes back to Roman Reigns and correct the mistake from this year's WrestleMania that wasn't really a mistake, because it's not Cody Rhodes' story to finish. But anyways, I'm, just, I'm thinking there's a, there's a guy floating around out there, re recent free agent, that would be a better option to, uh, to uh, finish that story. If we're going to, if we're going to finish the Roman Reigns thing, if we're going to put the final nail in Roman Reigns' coffin at next year's WrestleMania, there's a guy that could come back. I don't know from the free agency market around Royal Rumble time. It'd be pretty cool. He he might bring a, he might bring a cult with him. Um, he's got a heck of a personality, and I think he'd be an awesome guy to uh, to dethrone Roman Reigns. But I don't want to bring that up just yet. I don't want to speak it into being. I want to enjoy it when it happens. But the obnoxious, obvious fast track of Cody Rhodes back to a story that was never his story to begin with is bad. Now, people online were saying, uh, or I shouldn't say people online, the, the handful of people that I saw picking up traction on X. By the way, follow me on uh, X, at Spaz Phoenix, if you prefer. Um, they were saying, oh, you know, they just did this cool thing with Jimmy, introducing Jimmy as this new guy on, on SmackDown, and that was the conversation until now, Jay's, like, totally stolen his thunder. That's, that's, that's a lot of bullshit. That is a lot of bullshit. If you want to have the Usos go off as singles guys, somebody had to leave. The story already had Jay Uso, quote-unquote, walking out of WWE, putting him on a new show absolutely fine. Jey Uso going to Raw doesn't just mean a solo career for Jay. It means a solo career for Jimmy because Jay ain't there anymore. You fucking idiots. Now, Jay, it looks like Jay, uh, Jimmy's gonna still have a little bit of conflict with Solo because Roman's gonna be gone for a while, apparently, if you believe the rumors. But if you want to do a Jimmy and Solo feud and you want to get uh, Jay's feet wet on the main roster, if you want to get Jay's feet wet on the main roster... I would say make an immediate impact, have him run in on the Gunther versus Gable match, cause a disqualification, be the next one to challenge Gunther. Wait until Gunther's broken the, the Honky Tonk Man's record, because apparently that's so important to people, because, oh, we can't have Honky Tonk Man with a record, he might have said something 20 years ago that we don't agree with, and he might be a bad guy, you know, so we gotta sweep him off the, uh, off the whole you know, off the table, so to speak. Um, have Jey Uso make an immediate impact by being the one to dethrone Gunther. Why not? This is awesome. It is. Um, I don't know what you do from here. I mean, clearly they're going to announce that the other side of the trade was Cody Rhodes going to SmackDown, and that's going to 
That's going to be obnoxious and obvious from now until next April, but Jey Uso getting a solo run, Jimmy Uso getting a solo run, Solo hopefully getting a solo run, and I'm trying to say that without sounding corny, awesome. Roman Reigns, uh, I mean, like I say, the Hollywood strikes are going on right now, but the rumor is Roman Reigns does want to do Hollywood shit, so he's not going to be in the mix if that's successful and if that happens, so good for everybody involved. The um, the whole idea before the Bloodline story that uh, when one of the Usos was out, they would just keep the entire team off of TV, and then they broke that theory when they tried sticking Jay with Roman. This will be the first time if they if they see this through, if they follow it through and don't fuck it up. This will be the first time they've bet on either one of these guys actually being solo acts, and I think that's way overdue for one thing, but I think that's really awesome really cool. Let's see where they go with that. Grayson Waller, I will say, on social media, doing the social medias, um, put up a post that says, Jey Uso attacking me completely unprovoked on my own show. This man needs to be fired. And icing down his jaw with a can of Pepsi was just exactly what I needed to see this weekend. That's all I'm going to say. I don't know what he could be hinting towards. I don't know what he could be implying with that. Personally, I'm a Coke guy, but uh, Pepsi tastes like crap, but uh, maybe there's some messaging in there that I'm not quite catching. Maybe you guys can fill me in, or maybe he just wanted to cool down his jaw. Who knows? I mean, who would be so obnoxious to think that a quote-unquote unprovoked attack that wasn't actually unprovoked would be a reason to fire somebody. That's ridiculous. That's what a great heel Grayson Waller is. Oh yes. And unfortunately, the last two matches on the card were great, but I don't have much to say because what happened, happened. Um, Ripley versus Raquel, I should say. Gr really, really great sort of hoss fight between the two of these. Uh, really, really different challenge for Rhea Ripley, who's been bigger than all the rest of her opponents, so the last thing you do to sort of solidify that badass nature is put her in there with somebody the same size as her. We've got the big show, now we have to bring in people that are as big as the big show. We bring in our Canes and our Undertakers and our great Collies and our Matt Morgans back in the day, uh, our Nathan Joneses back in the day. Rhea Ripley, you bring in Raquel, but Raquel is there to be the last sort of speed hump before Ripley's next real feud, which I hope will be Becky Lynch now and somebody else later. Now, if you want to know who I want it to be later, go back two pods and see my fantasy booking for Rhea Ripley at next year's WrestleMania for the main event of night two. By the way, cheap plug of my own material on my own material, because that's just how we do. Ripley, Raquel, absolutely awesome. Ripley coming out uh, in gear that was meant to be an homage to China, and when you see the side-by-side -side of her and China and the sort of the gear she was trying to replicate, it's pretty fucking badass. The idiots out there that think an homage means you're, you're saying you are that person are idiots. The people out there with the side-by-sides are like, oh my god, she thinks she's China. She'll never be China. She's not trying to be China. She's showing respect to China. You fucking morons. <laughs> That's all I've got. I can't. Oh. Oh. Twitter's been a firestorm. Tw or sorry, X. X has been a firestorm this weekend. It's been a lot of fun and I'm making all kinds of friends and influencing all kinds of people and much like on this channel, what are we doing? We're pissing off all the right people. Oh yes. 
and Rollins Nakamura was great. It was a great match. There was no swerve. There was no nothing. Apparently, there was a tribute to Bray Wyatt in Seth Rollins's gear somewhere. I didn't catch it, and I haven't seen an explanation of it. If any of you guys can tell me what it was, I'd really like to see that, because any tributes that we have to Bray Wyatt at the moment are great. Also, the great Muda was in the crowd to watch Shinsuke Nakamura, because uh, Nakamura was one of his last matches before he retired. I thought that was really cool. The story that they told all the way along about Seth Rollins' back was played out great. They did a really cool sort of... Uh, anime villain animation thing before uh, before Shinsuke Nakamura came out. Uh, they pointed out that this is the first time he's ever main evented a pay-per-view. That's, uh, that's a bit criminal, because even when he won the Royal Rumble, his title match wasn't the main event of that WrestleMania, so I guess that's kind of true. But at the same time, there's that idea going around that, uh, I think I said it in the preview, lots of people have said about Shinsuke Nakamura, he's done his art wrestling and now he's doing his money wrestling. But he was really good in this, and uh, he made Seth Rollins uh, a more serious Seth Rollins, which is good. Seth Rollins is, at least in kayfabe, one of the protégés of Triple H. And one of the, you guys have heard me say this a lot, so please feel free to roll your eyes if you're hearing me say it again. Uh, Triple H was the guy that could do both. He could be silly and he could be serious. He could come out at the beginning of Raw... Uh, with Shawn Michaels doing the crotch chops in the neon green shirts, chucking, you know, glow sticks out into the crowd and squirting water guns and pretending it's a penis and all that kind of thing. And at the end of the night, he could come down to one of his enemies with a sledgehammer and cave his head in. And I would believe both ends of the spectrum, even if they happened on the same night. Seth Rollins is the same, but they don't give, I don't think they give us enough of the serious side if that makes sense. I like Seth Rollins. I like that he can be as goofy as hell and still be legitimate. Don't get me wrong. But uh, they don't give us the other side very often. And Nakamura, by threatening his well-being, threatening his career, threatening his, you know, not threatening his family, but threatening his time with his family, threatening his time with his daughter, threatening his time with his wife, threatening, you know, how much longer he can do what he loves and all that, brought out the serious side of Seth Rollins. And I think that's really cool because he's playing he's playing this guy that wants to be happy fun loving guy so that when he's pissed off he's pissed off but he's also pissed off that he's pissed off like he's he's not happy and he's not happy that he's not happy if that if that makes any sense please tell me down in the box below because i'm recording this at way late in the day o'clock um other than the plethora of wrestling that has been on this weekend, I've also been marathoning back-to-back -back the Saw movies in preparation for Saw X, which is coming out shortly. So uh, anybody that has any opinion of any of the Saw movies, this is a total diversion for a second, throw your comments down in the box below and let me know if you're going to be watching Saw X. I'll probably do a review as part of the Flix Fix portion of this channel, but that's, uh, that's what I've been doing. That's why I'm doing this now at Stupid O'Clock. It's actually technically Monday morning. You guys are going to be listening to this later Monday morning. Rollins was great. I have no idea what's next for him. Because I don't think Damian Priest is going to step up to a man-to-man -man and say, hey, I want to fight you here. So it's going to, he's going to have to start a new feud that Damian Priest can edge himself in on. Now, 
The other thing I was going to say, as far as the Judgment Day goes, Judgment Day now has five members, four dudes and, and Rhea Ripley. So I do believe before, if, if I'm right about this, if I am right that Cody Rhodes is going to SmackDown, I do believe that he's going to have one last match with all of his friends against the Judgment Day. Judgment Day is going to have JD McDonough in there. And um, that'll be so that'll be four guys. Cody Rhodes, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, and now Jey Uso. I think we're going to get that four-on-four four match at some point. We might get that at Survivor Series before Cody Rhodes goes to SmackDown. Don't really know. Uh, I don't really want him to be immediately absorbed into another group if the whole idea is this is supposed to be the start of his solo run. But yeah, if I go down over the course of the night, like I said, the matches were the matches. And I said that in the preview. And I said that at the beginning of this as well. But Trish is out. Zoe's on her own again. Trish got, or sorry, uh, Becky Lynch got a win. Becky Lynch is going to go down and help Tiffany Stratton in NXT. We had some cool interactions with LA Knight, The Miz, and John Cena. Ray and Theory didn't really give us anything. The Judgment Day have all the gold. Jey Uso is on Raw now as a singles guy. Cody Rhodes' storyline, the one that did it, which is fine, I suppose. And Seth Rollins defeated Nakamura with a broken back. With he's, I want him to do the Kurt Angle thing. I, I beat Nakamura with a broken freaking back. I want that to be his promo. When he comes out later on tonight on Raw, I want that to be his promo. I want him to pull out a mouthpiece, a la Kurt Angle. Yeah, I, I beat Nakamura with a broken freaking back. That's what I want, because I'm really lame. Or I want Jey Uso to open up the show, one or the other. Or somebody else that just became a free agent could pop up on Monday Night Raw, but we're not going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about that until it happens, because when it happens, it's going to happen. And when it happens, it's going to happen on this channel, too. You better believe it. On a total, total, total side note, maybe don't do cocaine. Anyways, I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation, keep all these conversations going, don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later, but for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.